hope you had a beautiful Christmas with family and friends. I know we did. Um, and of course, it takes a lot of work to make that Christmas happen. And I suspect uh, maybe a few of us are a little relieved that December 25th is past, maybe. If that is the case for you, you may be excused for feeling a little annoyed when I encourage us to linger just a little longer with Christmas. Now, I'm not suggesting that because the 12 days of Christmas are not over yet. They actually end on January 5th. Um, but I think we need to hold on to Christmas longer, especially as we, need, as we move into the new year. And I think that the story you're about to hear can help us with that. So a little context. This is a less familiar story. It is approximately 40 days after Jesus' birth. On the eighth day of his life, Jesus was circumcised according to Jewish law. And now, again, according to the law, Mary and Joseph have traveled from Bethlehem to the temple in Jerusalem for two reasons. To purify Mary, who has been ritually unclean since the birth of her child, and to dedicate their firstborn son to God. Let's listen. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses... They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and a glory, and for glory to your people, Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed by what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel. So that um, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came, and she gave and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. How many of you know this story? A lot of you. It's, it's not as familiar to us. It only comes up once every three years in the lectionary, and we just don't usually get this far. But I, I thought it would be helpful to look at it today. And, and right away, when we look at this story, we learn two things about Jesus' family. First, it is clear that Jesus will go up, grow up in an observant Jewish household. 
Mary and Joseph are careful to do everything required by the law of the Lord, and Jesus will carry this forward as an adult. When he challenges the temple establishment during his ministry, Jesus will do so as one who both lives by the law and has the authority to reframe it. Second, though this may not be immediately obvious, we learn that Jesus will grow up in a poverty-stricken household. We know this because instead of offering a more expensive lamb, his parents offered the sacrifice designated by the law for the poor, a pair of turtle doves or a pair of pigeons. Jesus' personal experience poverty will also influence his future ministry. Neither the poverty nor the piety of his parents, however, are the focus of this passage. Luke instead turns our attention to their encounter with two senior citizens in the temple, Simeon and Anna. Simeon is given quite an introduction. He is righteous and devout and looking forward to the consolation of Israel. What's more, he has been gifted with the astonishing promise that he will not die before he has seen the Lord's Messiah, the Messiah that Israel has been waiting for for centuries. On this particular day, he is guided by the Holy Spirit to come to the temple, and you can imagine him going there, hoping against hope that maybe his long, patient wait will be over. Imagine his wonder as he sees the child and recognizes that God's promise has been fulfilled and his joy as he lifts the infant from his mother's arms and cradles him in his own. Simeon's voice rings out in praise and thanksgiving. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. It's an odd song. For Simeon is telling God that now that he has seen this child, he is ready to die. But he goes on to offer an even stranger blessing to Mary and Joseph. He tells Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul also. As Jesus' amazed parents listen to the words of this old man, another voice joins with him in a duet of praise and prophecy. Anna, or Hannah in the Greek, is also devout, so much so that she actually lives in the temple, praying and fasting. She too has been waiting, and like Simeon, she also recognizes the infant Jesus as the Messiah. Immediately, she begins to praise God and to speak to others about the hope for redemption that she sees in him. I love the way that Lawrence Moore describes Simeon and Anna. These two wonderful, faithful, elderly people shine like beacons in Luke's gospel of Jesus. They are the ones who get it, get Jesus, and more importantly, get what God is doing. They get it all right. In his commentary on this passage, Bruce Epperly points out that others in the temple undoubtedly saw the baby and his parents that day, But to them, he was just another baby coming to be blessed. Simeon and Anna saw with different eyes and deeper understanding. 
Their purposeful waiting and practice of prayerful expectation enabled them to recognize God's vision incarnate in a little baby, a child clothed in garments of salvation and divinity in that child. And that was not all they recognized. I'm going to say Simeon's words to Mary once again. This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and a sign to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul also. Though he is filled with joy, God understands, Simeon understands that God's vision is at odds with the working of the world and that the future of this child he holds in his arms holds both conflict and consolation, suffering and glory, death and resurrection. David Loos writes beautifully about Simeon's words. Glory and anguish, beauty and sorrow, gladness and opposition. All these and more will be contained in this child and indeed in each of our own lives too. And that's just why we need Christmas to last a little longer than 24 or 48 hours. Why we need it not simply to persist into the new year, but to keep us strong throughout the year. Because this life is difficult, wonderful, and difficult. And God came in Jesus to be with us and for us through all of it, the ups and downs, hopes and fears, successes and disappointments, accomplishments to savor and mistakes to regret, all of it. God is with us and for us, not just some of the time, but all of the time, even when we don't act as we want, live into the identity that God has given us, or make it to church on a regular basis. He goes on to talk about Simeon's words. Yes, Simeon is talking about dying, but it is dying in peace. That is, with the confidence that God is with him, that God is keeping God's promises, that God loves for and will care for this world, that whatever he may see or feel or experience, yet in the end, the world may be shaped by God's yes that stands in contrast and opposition to all the various and sundry voices shouting no across the land. Simeon departs in peace, which aptly names David Lose's deep prayer and our deep prayer for himself, for families, for our community, for all of us here, for our nation and for the world, that we can enter into the new year with a measure of courage that comes from confidence that God continues, continues to keep God's promises, that God is indeed walking with us, that God will in time bring all things, including the work we do and the love we offer, to a good end, and therefore experience peace. Luke tells us that after Joseph and Mary had done everything required of them, they returned to Nazareth. After celebrating the new year tonight and watching the Rose Parade and football games tomorrow, we too will return to our everyday lives. But as we move into the new year with all its possibilities and challenges, 
let's not put away Christmas with the decorations and the lights. Let's hold on to it. Let's live in the prayerful expectation and courageous confidence of Anna and Simeon, trusting in the promise of God's ongoing presence and never-failing love, the promise that was embodied in the Christ child that Simeon held in his arms. May this new year be indeed one of blessing and hope and peace for all of us and this world. Amen.